We're so happy you could join us. Thank you so much for being here and chilling and hanging out. Look at my new table, dude. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can see it. Um, we're going to get into that in a minute. And then we're going to get into a whole lot of other stuff. Your boy is feeling hot today. Okay. We got a big one ahead of us with a whole lot of emotional range. Okay. That's what we're getting into today. We're getting into some emotional range today, baby. Um, but first, I want to tell you guys about the party game that my friends are making. It's called Spillin' Beans. The Kickstarter is out now. It's an awesome, fun uh, party game with different types of cards that you can challenge each other with. Trivia, truth or dare, would you rather, categories, all kinds of fun stuff. And uh, I'm going to drop a link in the comment section with a link to the Kickstarter so you can check it out. Highly recommend you check out the game, support the game. The creators are friends of mine and they're really cool, uh, awesome people, high vibe people, high vibe party game. So check it out. And this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizer, supplement I've been using for a while. Uh, magnesium is something a lot of people are actually deficient in and it, having the right amount of magnesium and the right type of magnesium uh, has been shown in a lot of studies to help with muscle recovery after workouts. Uh, it definitely helps me uh, and I take uh, magnesium at, right after a workout and or right before I go to bed like an hour or so before I go to bed, um, and it helps me ease into sleep. You can get 10% off at magnesiumbreakthrough.com slash Brent Pella. Use discount code Brent10, and they will also send you a free uh, book called The Blueprint. Ugh, I always fucking forget this, dude. I'm so bad at reading ads. What is the book called? The, bl the Biological Blueprint Optimization. The Biological Optimization Blueprint. It's one of those. And you'll get it for free. It's an awesome book with a bunch of fun stuff in it. And this episode is brought to you by Blue Blocks. My favorite blue, blue light blocking glasses, baby. Keep your vibes high, dude. Keep your eyes wide. When you're looking at screens, wear Blue Blocks. and It'll block the artificial blue light coming from the screen. You'll sleep better, dude. 15% off. Blueblocks.com slash Brent is what you get. So go check that out. Guys, this table is finally here. I am so excited. This has been a three month journey from initial design to delivery. Um, it's a one of a kind piece. It has, you can see on the screen, uh, a pair of Kobe shoes embedded in the table. These shoes I got the first year I was coaching at his camp. All the coaches at Kobe camp would get a pair of shoes and I got these high top nines and they were the best basketball shoes I've ever worn. I wore them for five years. Um, and I loved them and then they wore down to the point where I couldn't wear them anymore, but they were the most, uh, they had the biggest sentimental value to me of any basketball shoe I've ever worn because of when I got them, where I got them. Uh, if you guys have been listening to this podcast for a while, you know what my experience was like being around Kobe and coaching at his camp. Um, and so these were the shoes I got the first year there. And I, I couldn't throw them away, man. I couldn't throw them. I couldn't get rid of them. I didn't want to throw them. And I didn't even want to donate them. I, I just had them sitting in my trunk for so long. And then I met my buddy, um, Tucker. And uh, he is a, a craftsman. He's an artist. He's an actor. He's an artist too. He does a lot of resin pours and a lot of woodworking. And he told me about this table concept that he had where he embeds shoes into the table, into a piece and pours resin over it so that the shoes look like they're just floating right there in the table. And I jumped at it. I was like, dude, I need that. That's it. That's what I got to have. And so it was a three month process to, to, to create the table. All kinds of craziness went down and 
man, it is, it is, I, I teared up when he delivered it. It is, uh, it's unbelievable, man. The, the resin is, is really nice. It's clear see-through resin. The shoes are embedded in the table. The table is cut out. The table is eucalyptus wood. Um, he goes by Das Audi on Instagram, D-A-S-A-U-D-I-E and, uh, Tucker Audi. Damn, dude. He's going to keep, he's going to make some fire stuff with this concept, man. I, I, this is a one of one piece. There's no other piece like it in the world. It's the first actual design that he created with this concept of floating sneakers. And dude, it is the, just the, my mind is blown. It's the coolest freaking thing. Um, yeah, man. So the table is, is here and I'm so stoked to, uh, to have this vibe in my life. Um, what else dude, before we get into the madness, I'm on BitClout, baby. What is it? I don't know. Um, but it's probably some t- it's gotta be a money laundering thing, right? BitClout NFTs. What's the next thing someone's going to make to to let rich people get richer? What's the next thing, dude? What's the next thing? Cause everybody that invested in BitClout at the very beginning, put in like, I don't know, tens of thousands of dollars, 20 to $50,000 or something. And then that has become millions. Now they can't cash it out yet because as it stands, BitClout has no way to like cash out your money. But I put in $250. I launched my coin. I bought $250 worth of my coin within a day that $250 had turned into $3,000. There's no way that's legal, dude. That's crazy. What is happening? This world is getting so digitized and blockchain encrypted, dude. It's just, it's, it's madness. Um, but I hope they can figure out a way to let me cash out my money soon. Cause I'm invested in me. I am invested in Brent Pella coin and you guys can be too. All right. So when shit starts popping off pretty soon, we hope, uh, that coin is going to go up in value, baby. And we all go get rich. Okay. We all go get rich, dude. All right. So this, uh, past week I've really, I've been, (laughs) dude, I released, um, a couple new videos. Uh, one was, what one was the angry cards, right? Where, where you, you get to choose what to be mad about because everybody just chooses what to be mad at when, and they don't, they don't get mad at certain people, but only at other people. And it's just ridiculous. So I made that. And then when me and my buddy JP Sears were up in Washington, we shot a couple videos there. One was his, uh, that he wrote and it was called, um, when p- being politically correct is life. And we're just two idiots, like being idiots, like politically correct idiots. And then the other one I wrote, he, he wrote, we co-wrote it. Actually, it was my initial concept and we wrote it together in the green room at, uh, the Tacoma comedy club. And it was called once how spiritual people talk about politics. Now posted, posted those, uh, all of those have come out and a buddy, a buddy of mine from high school who will go nameless in this podcast because I am not one to dox um, out of respect. But a buddy of mine from high school has been leaving like negative comments on my videos for at least a year, at least a year. Not all the videos, just the ones I assume he either watches or hates or both. Maybe he only watches ones that he knows he's going to hate. Maybe he refuses to watch watch anything else. I have no idea. Maybe he watches all of them, doesn't like any of them, and uh, but just chooses when and where to leave a negative comment. So his most recent negative comments have been bashing me for like uh, 
being like in the middle or like refusing to take a political stance or um, creating a false equivalency in, in, in his words between like the left and the right. You know, and, and he's very much on the left, I would assume, because, um, you know, that's that's a f pretty fair assumption for somebody who who uh, uh, emanates that behavior. So he left he left uh, comments more recently uh, in a comment thread on a video. Someone was like, Brent, are you Republican or liberal? Which I, I always are you conservative or liberal, which I always get. Hey, man, stop fucking asking me that. OK, I will vote for whoever I want to fucking vote for based on their principles and ideologies that I agree with. And if I don't like any of them, I'm not going to fucking vote for them because it's a free fucking country. All right. And you're allowed to vote or not vote based on who you agree with or don't agree with. And if you don't agree with anyone and you don't want to vote, that's your fucking right. Okay. All right. I told you this was going to be a ride of emotion, baby. I, I warned you guys. All right. So get your fizzy drinks. I got my, I got my probiotic drink right here to keep my stomach calm during this ride. Now I don't, I don't, uh, side just generally with either the left or the right right now for my entire life. I, uh, it was always like just defaulted to the left because I didn't give a fuck about politics. I didn't pay attention to politics. Um, and so like, you know, I saw Obama play basketball at the university of North Carolina during his campaign. And I was like, Oh, that's pretty cool. I'm gonna vote for him. Like, I don't, I don't, I didn't know anything. And then 2020 broke my brain open and I started trying to learn and evolve uh, both as a person and as a, like, just with my own political beliefs. And I still am. I still don't know what the fuck is going on. I don't know. I'm going to continue changing for as long as I live based on how I understand certain issues and what I agree with, what people present to me that makes me change my opinion. I'm not married to my opinions. Okay. So somebody asked me in the comment thread, are you left or right? And I said, I am neither. I am Brent Pella. And then this person from my high school commented, ah, yes, the I don't see color of political beliefs. And I was like, damn, man, he is. This dude is really fucking trying to hammer home how much he doesn't like me, doesn't like my stuff. And, you know, usually I wouldn't care, but this is somebody I grew up with. Right. So, like, there's something different about like, I still I don't care if he doesn't like me, but I do care that he's spending so much mental energy on me. Like how, why do I live in your head, dude? Why do you keep commenting on my shit? And so I said, I said to him, I was like, uh, Hey, uh, no, that's not what this is. This is me continuing to evolve my beliefs and ideological system. As far as politics go, as I find myself not immediately defaulting into anger, every time I see a news issue and trying to research and understand a perspective before I choose a side based on the issue at hand or the subject of conversation. And I hope you have a great life or whatever. I hope you're doing good. Cause I really do wish everybody the best. I have no ill will toward anybody and I'm not one to be in a fucking Facebook comment fight. And his response was like, it was, I thought that was going to be, it. I thought he was either going to not respond and then stop fucking commenting on my stuff. Or I thought he would, uh, be like, all right, for sure, dude. Guess we'll just agree to disagree, which would have been great. Instead, he types a comment that's like a fucking tirade getting at me for uh, making fun of certain things that he doesn't think I should make fun of, which we'll get into in a minute. And he called me a conspiracy theorist. And that's where I, I 
truly have an emotional reaction, dude, is because this is a person with my phone number, okay? He could just fucking call me instead of leaving weird negative comments like a fucking psycho. All you gotta do is call me, dude. You really think I'm being a conspiracy theorist? I don't buy into any of the conspiracies except the ones that have been proven to be real. Like, uh, what's a good example? Oh, MK Ultra. Like, if somebody told you about MK Ultra, you'd be like, no, dude, that's a science fiction movie. That's not real at all. That's a real thing that happened, right? But the lizard people know the, like, the hundreds of millions of dead people voting. No, okay? We'll, we'll get into that in a minute. But all he has to do is call me. Instead, he calls me a conspiracy theorist. And as soon as you call someone a conspiracy theorist, you are immediately, it's, it's the same these days to me as calling someone crazy just so you can deflect and ignore their opinions so that you don't have to do the task of, of creating a dialogue with that person. You saw Gavin Newsom do it. Everybody, like, like the people trying to recall Gavin Newsom, he called them conspiracy theorists. He says a conspiracy theory. Hey, dude, no. Millions of people think you're doing a terrible job at your job, and they don't want you to be doing that job anymore. That's not a conspiracy. So many people have valid reasons that they want you to be removed from office for. That's not conspiracy. But when you call it a conspiracy theory, you immediately discredit somebody's opinion as insane without, without, without like challenging yourself to be a better person by having a conversation. And then, of course, if that conversation yields the result of them saying lizard people are running the world, then, yeah, they're a conspiracy theorist. But someone's not a conspiracy theorist for making fun of people who wear two masks a year into the pandemic, which is what I did. Also, I'm allowed to make fun of that, okay? You're allowed to make fun of fucking anything, all right? Comedy is subjective. And and the fat and in that video, people were wearing we were wearing two masks and, and made fun of it real quick. And uh, hey man, we make fun of 9-11, where thousands of people died, okay? And we still make fun of 9-11, all right? And a year into the pandemic, we have the first recommendation for wearing two masks. A year in, when the vaccine is being rolled out heavy, now they're saying, hey, wear two masks. That's something I'm going to make fun of because that's a funny thing to make fun of to me. I'm not saying don't wear masks. I've never been anti-mask. I've said that on the podcast a million times. But you know what's crazy is somebody could go back 10 years from now, and I hope I'm successful enough in 10 years for this to fucking happen. Somebody could go back 10 years from now, find that clip, post it, and some dickhead wannabe journalist, okay, at like the Wall Street Journal or something is going to write a, a huge like opinion piece on why I may, like was, was contributing to the deaths of thousands by being an anti-masker. And they could frame it that way, right? Well, this episode is being created so that all I have to do is post the fucking link to Twitter in 10 years. And then that person can either continue believing their false belief and put me in a box, or they can actually do the legwork of learning who I am as a person. I don't expect them to. And a lot of the things that I'm probably saying are sounding like defensive and weird. Um, and you know what? Maybe they are, you know? Maybe, maybe I'm being a little defensive right now, dude. Maybe I'm being, maybe I'm playing a little defense right now, a little premature defense. Maybe I am, but it's, it's the heightened, hyper politicized emotional state that the country is in right now that I feed because I tap into that shit when I'm writing, 
when I, when I'm trying to figure out topics to write about, when I'm trying to formulate my own opinions and beliefs. And it's just, it's coming out right now during this episode. That's just what it is. That's just what it is. Okay. Now, all this guy had to do was call me and I messaged him after he commented that with the conspiracy theory comment and, and bagged on me for making fun of things he thinks I shouldn't make fun of. I, I sent him a text and I sent him a Facebook message and I said, Hey man, can you call me? I've like, uh, I said literally word for word. I was like, I, I'd love to jump on the phone for a few minutes with full respect and peace, uh, intended for the conversation. I don't want to get into an argument. We might end up disagreeing at the end of the day, but we've known each other our whole life. There's no reason to have a Facebook comment fight. And I have a genuine question. I was going to ask him why, like what specifically he thought was conspiracy theory about my content. Right. Besides the fact that I make fun of conspiracy theorists, dude, I make fun of them. I make fun of people who think the earth is flat and there's microchips in the vaccine. What the fuck? So I sent him that he didn't respond at all. All right. So when you don't engage in conversation, it means you're scared to me. That means you're scared. You're scared to talk to me. You're scared to have an open conversation where the result might be that we genuinely disagree about the topics that can be included in comedy videos. All right but we probably would agree about like 90% of everything else. So when you're, when it, it's the easy road out is to call someone a conspiracy theorist. It's the easy road out to leave mean Facebook comments and then refuse to have a conversation. So you're scared. That guy's scared. He's scared. He's timid. Uh, and, and you know, he's also, in my opinion, that's a weak minded individual. Somebody who is unable to have a conversation is, is weak minded. Okay. And is unable to, to, to open their own mind to the fact that somebody else's beliefs and opinions can exist in the same fucking space-time continuum as theirs, and they could still get along, okay? I got people in my family that think Michelle Obama is a man, all right? I got people in my family that thinks uh, BLM, Black Lives Matter, is a terrorist group funded by George Soros to literally burn down America and destroy it. Okay. And I've read about both of those things extensively. All right. Because I, even the crazy shit now I read, even the craziest shit now I read and I formulate my own opinions. Okay. And those two things that I just mentioned, I don't agree with. All right. I don't agree with those things, but I can be close to someone friendly with someone, have a positive acquaintanceship with someone that believes those things because we never fucking bring it up, all right? And neither of us are leading, you know, millions of people through the streets. So we're not, we're not, look. Let me get back to this shit, dude. The craziest thing is like we're at a wedding a year ago, drinking and laughing together. And, and now he refuses to have a conversation. So you know what, dude? That's fine. Live your life, you know, spread it to all your friends and family that this guy you went to high school with is a crazy conspiracy theorist, alt-right dude that was at the Capitol on, on January 6th, probably. <laughs> you know what I mean? I do not give a shit, okay? Because I know who exactly who I am, all right? And so does my audience, my small yet mighty audience, okay? And it just, it makes me wonder, you know, um, it, 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 this experience with this guy, it really gave me a pause and it made me like step back and wonder like, you know, if I am, um, if I am lucky enough to be, uh, in a place in my career five, 10 years from now that I want to be where I, a, a lot of people know who I am there, there will be people who actively 
try to to take me down, right? And it, from based on things in my past, and I made mistakes just like everybody else. You know, personal mistakes during life, life mistakes, poor life choices that had negative consequences. But I've always believed that somebody should not be judged based on a single mistake from their past, but instead on how they evolved after that mistake and what their pattern of behavior is throughout life. If their pattern of behavior is making mistakes the same way over and over again, hurting people over and over again, having a negative effect and a negative impact on society over and over again, then judge them accordingly. Otherwise, do not judge based on one mistake. Judge based on who they are as a person and how they evolved from that mistake, right? Now, when it comes to the comedy stuff and content-wise, looking back at my past, this made me really think, dude, and it's really fucking interesting to be in the situation um, where I'm like not well-known at all, but would like to be because that means I'll have enough money to pay off my student loans one day, right? And, and it just really makes me wonder seeing all these people get canceled left and right, especially comedians, for things that they've said and done in the past. Tweets, right? Tweets, things they said on podcasts. And granted, some of them maybe like should have been canceled, maybe. I don't know. It's not up to me to make that decision. But I just wonder like what if this were to happen 10 years from now? Somebody goes back and they look through my YouTube channel and my Instagram and they see some videos that I made during the year 2020 because that's the only year I've been political uh, with my content was 2020. If they did that, what would they, what would they pick out, right? What would they pick out to show people and be like, oh, this guy Brent Pell is a terrible person. He, we, he should not be given this opportunity. He's terrible. Look at what he did, right? And it makes, it really made me wonder like what specifically would they, would they point at? Um, now, first and foremost, just uh, looking at my stuff from the past year, from the past year in like a general sense, a lot of it has been aimed toward the left. I made fun of the left more than I've made fun of the right. Okay. And I see that hundred percent. And I could say, Oh, I'm in the middle as much as I want because that's me as a person. But when you just look from a, a comedy perspective, it look, it probably looks like I'm a conservative because I've been making fun of Biden, Gavin Newsom, you know, uh, poking fun at Kamala, and this is just my videos. Like the videos I'm in with JP are definitely slanted right. Uh, like the one where we uh, did um, what the radical left is like now, uh, the political correct people. Um, and that's uh, th those were fun. I got no regrets. Those were fun as shit. It forced me to go out of my comfort zone to try and write and perform in, an, in a lane that I had never experienced. And as a creator, that's a risk. That's a risk. That's what the risk is. When you hear comedians talk about risks and taking risks, taking a risk is not speaking in a racist accent. Taking a risk is not saying a homophobic slur as a punchline or using a racial slur in a joke. Those are not risks. Those are like shock value tactics that maybe you think is fun. Maybe some people think it's funny. I don't. But again, comedy is subjective, right? To me, my opinion is those things are not risks. A risk to me as a writer, performer, and entertainer is stepping outside of your comfort zone to create content that's that's for a, a, a that that has a message you've never you've never 
uh, like like exuded before that has maybe like uh, it, it appeals to a to a demographic of people that you've never reached before. It's a different style or or genre that you've never done before. And to me, when I saw people making fun of Donald Trump for four years by calling him orange nonstop on all the late night comedy shows, it got so fucking stale. And then I saw uh, Jim Carrey's Biden, and it's like barely making fun of the guy. It's like propping him up to look like a hero. And I'm like, dude, take a risk, man. There's so much comedy here. Like, so for, to me, the risk was over the past year doing things that hadn't been, that weren't being done actively. You can make fun of uh, uh, Trump Jr., Mike Pence, Trump. You see that 10 times a night on every comedy talk show. What are they not doing? They're not making fun of Gavin Newsom for being a pretty boy dickhead. They're not making fun of Biden for being old as shit and not really being able to talk good, right? And I, Trump couldn't talk good either. You know what I mean? Like, I, <laughs> dude, all right. So it's also like, I, and I, I, I totally understand, bro, there's probably people watching this right now. Like, bro, you, you're not fucking edgy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, dude, stop. You're holding yourself on a pedestal. You're not edgy. I know I'm not fucking, I'm the furthest thing from edgy, dude. Nothing I've ever done has been edgy. Okay. If I'm edgy, dude, calling me edgy is like a fourth grader with a backwards hat saying he's in a gang. You know, I'm a bitch, dude. I'm not edgy at all. Okay. Making fun of, making fun of like woke people and cancel culture is not edgy. I don't even know how to define edgy, but the day a whack ass investigative journalist tries to write an opinion piece about me and uses like out of context quotes and clips from my videos. I just wonder what they're going to, what they're going to use and what they're going to say. And when they do, I'm going to post this episode as a response. Like I said before, they can either continue living a lie and, and like warping their own distorted beliefs of me to fit their narrative, or they can figure out who I am and learn about who I actually am as a person and then decide whether or not they still want to cancel me. You know what I mean? So that, that was me the whole risk, the idea of like taking a, a risk as a comedian for me, that's, that's what it, that's what it is for me. Um, and, and a lot of my stuff has leaned right. Some, a lot of my stuff has leaned left though, too. It's like, like this guy who commented on my stuff, like, did he ignore the video that I made making fun of QAnon? Did he ignore the video I made bashing on Mike Pence? Did he ignore the impressions of Josh Hawley, Mitch McConnell, Don Jr. Like bashing on all those guys? It's, it's so selective, dude. It's so, people are so selective with what they want to get mad at to, to make sure that, that they're, that it puts them, it elevates them. Like being mad about these specific things makes me better than you. Cause now I'm elevated above you. I look down on you because you are not allowed to do those things. It's crazy, dude. Like what? what all right. So I actually, I looked into the, I've been, I've literally been thinking about this. I don't know if I'm thinking about it too much. Probably probably something I just should ignore probably. But again, man, we're, we're living in a time that's so hyper politicized and oversensitive that even I feel myself being sensitive sometimes. And I'm glad I have a fucking podcast because it's saving me a lot of money in therapy. Okay. So I get to just talk about this and then I can, after this, I'm going to go make some mushroom pasta. I got bone broth on the stove right now. It smells delicious. We're going to have a good night guys. So here's the short list of things that I think people will probably bring up uh, years from now if I am lucky enough to be as successful as I want to be so that I can pay my student loans off. The dead people voting video. 
let's talk about that real quick. So that one uh, was the concept was bringing an inanimate concept to life. Okay. Um, uh, similar things that I've done in the past are the, the fly that landed on Mike Pence's head, right? Bringing something that doesn't have consciousness to life. Uh, when I did the video with my buddy, Trevor Wallace, a turtle versus a plastic straw, right? It's, it's bringing these, these, uh, these ideas to life. That's all it was. There was no, it was not intended to say a bunch of dead people voted and flipped the election. Okay. I understand a lot of people took it like that. A lot of people didn't at the same time. And I, I, it's at the end of the day, as shitty as it sounds, it's art. So it's open to interpretation and people's interpretation can be different than what the intention was. My intention was to create a piece of comedy that was similar in style to those other videos I just mentioned by bringing an idea to life. Dead people are voting. What would they be like? A straw is stuck in a turtle's nose. That means they're fighting. What does that look like? What does it look like if a straw is fighting a turtle? A fly landed on Mike Pence's head. Let's let's talk to let's talk to the fly. Let's see what he thinks of this. You know what I mean? So that that's what the that's what the the ideation was. That's what the concept was. Um, and and like just to knock this out, dude. Like, I, I don't. I there's fraud in every election. You know what I mean? If you think there's zero fraud, you're a fucking you're the conspiracy theorist. If you think there's zero fraud, then you're a conspiracy theorist. All it takes is one woman whose husband just died and the government doesn't like have the name in their ledger yet. And she checks off his ballot and mails it in. Hey, boom, fraud. Okay. And like I've already said, I, I, I believe in the judicial system. Judicial system said there was no fraud. I get it goes deeper than that. All right, folks who are super hot about election fraud. I understand it goes deeper. Okay. I'm, I have read a lot. All right. I've read a lot. And I, I, I it, until we talk in person, I've formed my own opinion, okay? And my opinion is that there was no fraud. Uh, not enough fraud. Sorry, not no fraud. If you think there was no fraud, then you are a conspiracy theorist. So that dead people voting video, like, uh, maybe it, maybe, you know what that video might have done? That video might have empowered um, the people who really thought that the election was being, like, stolen and, and there were millions of dead people's names on ballots. It might have empowered people like that. But again, again, dude, that was not the intention of the video. The whole time we shot that video it was silly. We we're wearing dead person, dead person makeup. It was silly. Shooting that video was silly. We're playing Frisbee as dead people. It doesn't make sense. Dead people don't play Frisbee. They're dead. So the whole, the whole vibe, the whole, the whole intention behind that video was to make something silly that everyone could laugh at. And then it ended up popping on YouTube and started a whole lot of arguments that I did not foresee. Okay. Um, another thing that, uh, my buddy, uh, said that I shouldn't do, and this is actually something that I agree with. And I've been actively taking out of recent comedy as I evolve. And that is, um, poking fun at, uh, 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 how people identify, like what their orient sexual orientation is or gender uh, identification is. Um, I did this in the Californians visit when Californians moved to series. Uh, whenever I said like, um, uh, I'm from California, but I identify as a Miami Dolphin now. Um, so here's here's where that comes from. And again, dude, I fucking I understand this sounds defensive. 
I understand it sounds like I'm making excuses, but this is my podcast. I'm talking about comedy stuff. And if anybody's actually like interested in the, in the, how an idea evolves for me comedically, then hopefully this is interesting for you. If you're hyper politicized and oversensitive about shit, then you're probably mad that I'm making excuses. Either way, I hope you have a good day after this. So here we go. Now, poking fun at how people identify, right? Here's where that comes from for me and why that was specifically included in that series when Californians moved to. I was in a, a Facebook comedy group, a group of like a couple hundred comedians. There's different Facebook groups for different cities. There's one for LA. It's called like the LA comedy scene. There's a couple in LA actually. And then there's like the Seattle comedians group or whatever. And so I'm in all these different Facebook groups. Cause when I go to a different town, maybe I want a videographer or I'm looking for another show to jump on. I can make a post and vice versa. People do all over the place. So I was in a group. Um, this was maybe within the past year ish or something, maybe last spring of 2020. And somebody made a post, uh, looking for, looking to collaborate with LGBTQ, uh, people who identify as women that are not white. And specifically they were like, I, I would love to write with someone that's LGBTQ who identifies as a woman and is not white because I want, uh, I want to work with your perspective and understand your perspective. And maybe we could write some comedy together. Fine. I got no problem with that. Now in the comment thread of that post, a couple people were questioning, like, why wouldn't you want to work with like a white, uh, lesbian, right? Or like a white, uh, person who identifies as a woman that's LGBTQ. And then a couple comments in, someone was like, well, I'm, I'm an ally and I support this and da 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 and I'm an, I'm an ally. And then the original poster said, if you're really an ally, then you have to, then you must understand and, and be actively uh, defining and explaining the following pronouns to people. This is real. And then they listed a list of pronouns and most of them I recognized, but then there were some that I just didn't understand. Some of, and this is so, so real. This person said, if you're an ally, you must actively be defining and, and sharing and understanding of the following pronouns. And it was a list of like 15. One of them I think was Uncle Tom or something or Uncle John, I think maybe. One of them was Za. One of them was Zer, Z-I-R and Z-A. And it was like, and oh, and one of them was X. One of them was just X. And like, dude, okay. All right, look. First and foremost... Bro, identify as whatever you want and I will respect the shit out of it. And if I get it wrong when I first meet you or I forget because it's za, just remind me politely and I'll do my best to never make that mistake again. Identify as whatever you want. Of course. Identify as a fucking hummingbird, dude. And I will refer to you as that. That does not mean I'm not allowed to poke a little fun at the fact that 15 plus pronouns exist. I can do that. And I understand the privilege argument. I understand being a white male of privilege who has never experienced uh, the, the being talked down to by others for having a different orientation. I completely understand that argument. Okay. I've had that conversation before. 
And I still land on my opinion that it is okay to poke fun at people who identify as so, as such wild things as a, as an Uncle John or a Zur. Okay? Now, that what I just stated was my mentality for about a a little less than a year until recently um when I started watching I was watching my old videos and and I was thinking, you know, maybe maybe I can maybe I'm not going to poke fun at um what how people use pronouns. Maybe I'm not going to poke fun at that. That maybe like I was I was I was starting to write some new sketches um and I was I I had been thinking of lines that they just come into my head. I was thinking like of uh, Gavin Newsom's sketch where he says, uh, "My name is Gavin Newsom and I identify as your governor." And I chose not to include that. And I chose not to include other similar lines in other videos because it's just unnecessary. And it felt a little bit like I was punching down. Um, it felt like I was like, it was low hanging fruit. It's mean. It's a little bit bullying to people who maybe are fighting for trans rights and, and who are fighting to be accepted in a world or in a, a community that maybe doesn't, um, that isn't as accepting toward them, right? Now, but the, with the Californians video, the reason I think it, it works in those videos and will live there forever, and I'll never apologize for using it in those videos, is because Californians, to me, and again, this is generalizing, but comedy lives in generalizations, Californians are a little oversensitive where they're a little quick to jump on the, on the, um, on the support ship. Does that make sense? Do you know what I mean? Like, so, so when I, when I played that character, that Californian character, he was so ultra liberal, thought everything was fine with the tents everywhere and the trash in LA. And like, this is fine. Newsom's doing a great job. Like you can identify as, as a, as a, uh, you know, a shit, a boat, if you want, it doesn't matter. So that's like the crazy place, crazy town, right? So that's where I took that California character. And I think it needs to, that joke needs to live there for me. And so I, I actively have, whenever I think of that line, I, I immediately associate it with punching down and I challenge myself to write better, like just find a better joke than that. Um, cause I don't need to do identify as jokes. You know what I mean? Now I did one in that video with JP, which is what my friend uh, brought up, and it was um, I think he said like, "What do you? What are your pronouns?" Or he's maybe he said, "What do you identify as?" And I said, "Oh, European." Or so, it was it was something along the lines of that, and and to me it was just silly. It was like a silly throwaway thing. It didn't immediately jump out to me as like making fun of. I don't think he said. I think he said, "What do you identify as?" I forget, but it didn't jump out to me as anything bad and it was also jp's video and it's going on his pages and i'm just grateful to be in it i love the guy he writes funny shit and um and so i said that in his video i said i said the pronoun line in his video and 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 i i don't think i will ever say a joke like that again just because to me it's not funny i've done it you know what i mean like i don't want to be punching at the same jokes unless it's really for a purpose. Like it's different. Like if you keep doing a Gavin Newsom impression, that's different. Cause you're trying to write a different scene. You have to have a different take on whatever's trending with the Gav man. So anyways, that's, that's, that's what I think of that. Um, and then dude, the Biden Trump stuff, I'm just going on this list of, of, 
of videos because I'm like recapping last year's videos. To me, this is interesting. I'm sure I lost a lot of you, but um, <laughs> the dude, like making fun of Joe Biden, I've gotten so many comments from people that are like, why are you making fun of him? Even on the Saturday Night Live Instagram page, Alex Moffat, who's an incredibly funny actor out of Chicago, he's now doing the Biden impression on SNL. And, uh, you know, I don't know how you can do a Biden impression without like talking bad. Like, how do you, like, I get that he's really old and he has a speech impediment and, um, you know, that, that in itself just is, is why I don't think he should be president. Uh, cause he just isn't, he's just too old. He's just not presidential, dude. Every time Donald Trump spoke, I got mad. And every time Joe Biden talks, I get sad. Like when Trump spoke, he was so narcissistic, aggressive, full of himself, cocky, and not down to unify people. And just like me, this is all about my party. The left is crazy. He's so generalizing of people without making any attempt to bring people together. He, it, with him, it was my way or the highway. And a lot of people love that about him. I understand how you could love that about him. I didn't. That's just an opinion. All right. And so when Trump spoke, I got mad. When Biden talks, I can't watch because I get sad because I'm like, this guy needs to have retired years ago. He should be on a fucking, you know, a, 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 a house on the water in, in Nantucket or some shit. Just sitting outside on a, on a rocking chair thinking he's 16 again playing baseball. Like that's where he needs to, he needs to, he, he should be retired living peacefully somewhere, dude, not running the best country in the world. He's too old. And so I don't know how you do an impression of Joe Biden without making fun of how he talks a little bit and how he loses track of things sometimes. I just don't get that. And so the risk there was doing that and, and poking fun at him in the, in the way that I thought was the most funniest. And then people come at me with comments like, why are you making fun of him like that? You should, this is so mean. Like you're just being mean. No motherfucker. I'm being funny. I'm being funny. Okay. When you make fun of Trump for like using big words and being narcissistic, are you being mean or are you being funny? You're being funny. So when you make fun of Joe Biden for being old as shit and forgetting where he is, are you being mean or are you being funny? To me, you're being funny. And again, it's comedy is subjective, dude. It's subjective, okay? And then, of course, there was the woke one, uh, which I actually thought was going to get a lot of flack from people who actually do speak the woke language. Um, but it ended up being pretty universally enjoyed, which was really cool. Uh, that was cool for me to see. Cause that, and that one was inspired by how the term master bedroom is being taken away. And, um, what were some other ones? Uh, some people spell women with an X or a Y and in, in like in man, in the man part of the word, they spell it W O M Y N. And that's just, I mean, that's funny to me, dude. That's, that's a funny thing. I don't know what to tell you. That's just, you're reaching. Okay. You're reaching to me. You're reaching. Um, for something to be mad about or something to change. Just, it's kind of funny. And so I'm gonna make fun of that dude. And it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean, you know, it doesn't mean that language isn't evolving and always evolving. It doesn't mean that language shouldn't evolve. It just means that some things are dumb to me and I'm gonna make fun of those things, dude. So, you know, um, 
That's what I think, man. And then, of course, the Gavin Newsom parodies, which... And that's where my buddy, or for, I guess former buddy, is he still my buddy? Can I still call him my buddy? I'd love to still be buddies with him, you know? I'm still down to have a phone call. But like uh, Gavin Newsom parodies, and um, he was like, you're creating a false equivalency between Biden and Trump and a false equivalency between Ted Cruz and Gavin Newsom. All Gavin did was eat at a restaurant, da-da-da-da-da, and Ted Cruz actually like left his people. And I was like, dude, bro, in my head, I was like, man... People really love just cradling Gavin's nuts, dude. Just cradling those nuts, dude. Like if we had a phone conversation, I would say, hey man, have you ever looked into where Gavin gets money? Who the lobbyists are that speak to him? Where he, what influences him the most? What he did throughout the pandemic? How it affected people in negative ways? He's done good things or he wouldn't be governor. But good things for who is the question? that I have good things for who, who, what specific group of people benefited from some of the backdoor agreements that he's done. And that's why a lot of people want to recall him. And so, and I, I don't like Ted Cruz at all. I think he's a whiny little bitch ass piece of shit. I don't think he should be in government either, dude. That's just me. Also don't like his face. Don't like his face. Want to punch it hard. Okay. But to say that the false equivalency is created between Trump and Biden when I'm making fun of both of them um, for not being able to talk is like, hey, man, that you're interpreting this as a false equivalency of me saying they're both, uh, they're both the same amount of bad. I don't think they're the same amount of bad. I do think they're both bad. I, I don't think either of them are good. And I'm not... You know, that's it, dude. I don't even want to talk about that shit anymore. It's just so stupid. Get off Gavin's nuts, bro. Open your fucking brains, guys. You know what I mean? Like, not you. If you're still watching this, we're at minute 45 or whatever. You're chilling. You're vibing. We're hanging. But there's so many people out there that can't, that just refuse to break their brain open, refuse to have conversations with people. And you know what? At the end of the day, if you're not going to, if you can't have a conversation with somebody, then you're living in a false reality that you created for yourself. And you refuse to evolve. And I'm going to be fine. <laughs> I'm going to be fine, dude. I'm going to be just fine. Okay? Because I know where my loyalties lie. And they lie with myself, baby. My loyalties lie with myself, dude. And it, and so it was, it was interesting, man. Like having this experience and like doing some deep self-reflection into, um, into my own work. And what I've done over the past year. And wondering... What, if any, uh, you know, vibrations that'll send into the future and, and if there will be like any type of like weird consequence for any jokes that I've made. Um, and I, you know, I, part of me hopes that there is, because that means I will be successful enough to, like I said before, repay my student loans. But I also hope that there isn't because it would mean that people are once again, um, enjoying comedy as comedy and ignoring comedy that they don't like. I had an interesting conversation on clubhouse recently where a, a prolific comedy writer who created one of the best, um, uh, internet satire websites was doing a Q and a, and I asked him, I said, Hey, you know, I, I, over the past couple of years, I've seen a lot of people make fun of 
Trump for, you know, calling him orange and Mitch McConnell for his neck flaps. And like, I get that, like they're, they're bad, but I haven't seen a lot of people make fun of the left. And, and do you, do you see from your perspective as, as a prolific comedy creator, do you see culture shifting at some point in the future back to a place where it's open season on everybody and everybody can be a target, whether it's Kamala, AOC, whatever. And his response was something along the lines of, well, anytime you make fun of a woman, especially a woman of color as a white man, you're punching down. Even if she, even if AOC did something uh, that deserved to be made fun of, I would still call you a, a conservative comedian. And if you're making fun of someone in power, like a president or even a vice president like Kamala, then they're up high in power. And uh, that's open season for sure, no matter what. Um, even Gavin Newsom for being a pretty boy, even though he's a governor, he's not a president. I, I'd still say that's open season. And he said, but if you're, if you're making fun of AOC right now and you're finding reasons to make fun of her, then you're punching down. And I would say that's not comedy, that's bullying. And it fucked me up for a day, dude, because to me, it's open season on everybody all the time, always and forever. I don't care if you're brown, black, yellow, purple, or gold. I don't care if you're man, woman, zur, za, zim. I don't care if you're invader, zim, dude. If you do something that to me deserves making fun of, then I'm going to try to do that. And if it makes me laugh, I'm going to put it out. You know what I mean? And so it really messed me up. Um, I do understand that, that perspective, though. Uh, you know, I grappled with it for like a day or two. I talked to some people about it and I understand it. And I don't, that, that's another reason why I, I'm not going to do jokes about people's pronouns or how they identify anymore because I've done that and it fit the character that it did it for. And anything after that just becomes kind of bullying. Um, like if I was seeking, actively seeking out reasons to make fun of AOC, then yeah, that would be bullying. But if AOC does something ridiculous and I make fun of her, like, are people going to call say that I'm flexing my privilege as a white man, knocking down a, a woman of color. And that's insane to me. That's crazy. Because to me, if somebody is deserving of some satire, <laughs> then serve that shit up on a silver platter, dude. doesn't matter who they are. And it, it makes me very um, curious. I'm, I'm very, very curious for what the future holds for comedians, uh, especially as we continue moving into more and more of these, um, of these like these, these steps. We, we keep taking these steps as a culture where we're becoming more and more sensitive of things and we're becoming more and more um, quick to judge without having a conversation quick to leave negative Facebook comments without creating a phone call, without creating a dialogue, having a phone call. And, and, and it's, it's scary, but it's also, it's curious to me because I think a lot of people are going to fight back against that dude. I think there's a lot of people that aren't down for that shit, you know? And there's a lot of people that are conscious, sovereign humans who think for themselves that are down to have conversation. And I hope that there's more of those than there's not because the less of those we have, then the more divided people get and the less conversations we have and the less conversations we have, the less knowledge can be shared and the less, um, the less things we can find that we agree on. You know what I mean? Oh boy. Wow. 
We almost hit an hour, man. We almost hit an hour, dude. This is the longest solo. Uh, this is the longest solo podcast I've done, I think. Had a lot to say, dude. So this episode of the podcast is dedicated to the people in the future who are going to try to bring up some past jokes that I've made in an effort to show that I'm a bad person and don't deserve success. This episode is dedicated to you. Enjoy it. Shout out Brody Stevens. Rest in peace, baby. Enjoy it. Uh, I dedicate this to you, man. I dedicate this to um, the day I uh, achieve my goals uh, enough to the point where um, people are trying to write, uh, you know, think pieces about uh, how Brent Pella flexed his white male privilege in order to get followers in the year 2020 and 2021. This is dedicated to you, dude. Dedicated to you. It's not what I'm doing. I'm making fun of things that I think are funny. And it's funny to me. Okay. And I understand the argument in full. I understand it. I've thought about it. I've researched it. I've meditated on it. I've done some true, 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 uh, inner self working. And I have come to the conclusion that I am a comedian that makes fun of shit that I think is funny. And sometimes it's a hit. Sometimes it's a miss. Sometimes you're not going to like it, but guess what? I always like it. And at the end of the day, if I like it, I'm going to do it. Okay. And that's it, man. This is the end of the episode, guys. Thank you so much for chilling. If you made it all the way to the end, uh, I love you. If you made it all the way to the end, comment that you made it all the way to the end, and I will comment back on the YouTube page, and we'll kick it. I'll hang out. Um, the, yeah, man. Uh, let's do some ad reads at the end. Here we go. Spilling Beans, baby. New party game uh, created by a couple friends of mine. Check out their Kickstarter. Uh, it's out now. They just need help funding the last part of production. They already have distribution lined up to get it in stores and get it out to people. And they're trying to put good vibes into the world. Okay. So if you want a cool party game to play with friends, now that you're legally allowed to see your friends again, um, highly recommend you donate to the Spillin' Beans Kickstarter because they have cool um, uh, gift packages for all their donors. And you can get some cool stuff, including a game. I will post that link in the comment section of this episode. Uh, magnesium breakthrough from Bioptimizers. Magnesium supplement. I love it. Guys, please buy it so that they can keep paying me to do ads uh, so that I can keep making rents. Okay. And um, magnesiumbreakthrough.com slash Brent Pella. Use code Brent10 for 10% off your magnesium breakthrough. And they will also send you a free uh, book that is the biological blueprint optimization book with a bunch of fun health and nutrition info. And finally, blueblocks.com slash Brent, 15% off. Use discount code Brent for my favorite blue light blocking glasses. Guys, thank you. I just want to say thank you. Um, thank you so much for uh, chilling, for hanging, for watching my videos. We're all trying to learn. We're all trying to evolve as people. We're all trying to grow our, our beliefs and our understanding of the world. And at the end of the day, no one knows what the fuck is going on. You know, nobody knows what the fuck is going on. And then we die and then we're gone. Maybe. And then, you know, our energy goes into the universal energy that goes on forever because energy is infinite. But I'm talking about our life experience on the earth as a conscious person on earth is going to be done. And so before that day comes, if we could all just be a little bit nicer, that'd be really cool. 
And if we all just try to understand like where each person is coming from with what they're doing and what their intentions are, then that'd be, that'd be pretty cool. I think, I think that'd be a pretty cool thing. If we all just kind of try to understand like who we are, you know, and we're not going to, but we could try. And then one day we'll die. But for now, let's be a little nicer, you know, let's be a little more chill. Let's be a little more vibey. Okay. And together we can make America vibe again. All right. We're here to MABA. We can make the world vibe again, dude. That's what we really want. We will make the world vibe again. Okay. All right. I'm out of here. I love you guys so much. Have a wonderful week. Drink lots of water. See ya.